following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Now we're starting a series tonight, and I'm, I'm not going to be lengthy tonight, 25 minutes or so, and then we're going to have communion at the end of service, because we take communion on first Wednesday. And what a joy to take communion and receive communion from the Lord here tonight. I, uh, I want you to stand if you would. I'm going to be speaking tonight on the domino effect, the domino effect. And uh, I, want, I want to tell you a little funny. Your boss meets an employee and says, you're here already one year. Do you know that? He said, in the beginning, you was only a mail clerk. A week later, you started to handle sales. And a month later, you promoted to operational regional manager. In only four months, you was promoted to vice president. Now ready, I'm ready to retire, and I want you to be the new boss. He said, how do you feel? And the employee answers, thank you. And the boss said, anything else you'd like to say? The employee said, thank you, Dad. (laughs) There's a fine line between entitlement and gratitude. Anybody happy tonight because you know the Lord? Anybody thrilled tonight because you know the Lord? Everybody say the domino effect. God help us tonight. You may be seated, your precious people. A few years back, a 24-year-old woman from China tipped over 303,000-plus dominoes, breaking the long-extended record for the world's longest solo domino topple. Her name was Ma Li Hua, and she broke a 19-year-old record of 281,000-plus dominoes. She said, there was a time when I was not feeling well, but I had a goal to achieve, so I continued to persevere. If that's for me, tell him I'm busy. (laughs) She calls herself a dominologist. Ma said she put in a 13-hour day for nearly seven weeks to lay out the dominoes. Folks, that's a lot of dominoes. Bugs and rats meddled with their work. In one instance, a bug knocked down 10,000 before they stopped the fall. Rat traps and pungent smelling leaves handled the bugs and the rats. It took just over four minutes to knock down a series of white, red, and yellow tiles that revealed the words world record and images of electrical appearances. How exactly does a domino topple work? The domino effect, in essence, begins with one domino that impacts another domino. In essence, the original domino not only impacts one other domino, but it impacts all the other dominoes. As a kid, I loved playing with dominoes. My dad was a domino player, and I enjoyed it. I'd I'd get his dominoes, and I'd set them up in the kitchen tile, linoleum in the kitchen there, and and seeing if I could let them all fall properly and in order. Dominoes always, uh, the effect always was a thrill to me. Watching the tiles fall taught me about processes and sequences and the way things work now regarding sequences here's what I want to tell you two things you have to have a starting point if you're going to topple dominoes and you have to have an ending point and the second thing you need to know is that you can't start in the middle you got to start on the end so tonight I'm going to speak about something that's dear to my heart as a pastor methods may change But the message remains the same. In the genealogy of God's creation, Abraham, the father of faith, begat a son called Isaac. 
Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob brought 12 sons into the world, and they became known as the 12 tribes of Israel. And the birth of Jacob's first four sons was on this manner. Genesis chapter 29, we're going to read a few verses here. And he went in also to Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah. And he served Laban yet another seven years for Rachel. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard I was hated, he hath therefore given me a son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now, this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. I find it amazingly awesome that the first four sons of Jacob and Leah brought confessions from Leah that set a pattern for Israel forever. And the church world still feels the effects of those births. The firstborn Reuben was unstable. The secondborn Simeon was cruel. But the third son and the fourth sons were paramount in Israel's history. The third became the tribe of the priesthood or the ministry. They called him Levi, the tribe of Levi. And the fourth son became the tribe of praise. Say praise. praise. The tribe of Judah. So Judah... Through David, I'm just going to give you a head start, produced the Messiah. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. And when the Israelites were instructed by God through Moses to build the first church in the wilderness, there was only one entrance to the tabernacle. The door opening was on the east side toward the sunrise. And Judah and Levi, Moses and Aaron just happened to camp there by God's design. So a priest going in to and out of the tabernacle went in the only door that was available, the one on the east side through the camps of Levi, Moses and Aaron, the ministry, and Judah. Ministry and praise, preaching and praising. That was the east side. God desired Israel to look forward to a new day, to sunrises. He didn't want the door opening to sunsets, but to sunrises, new opportunities, new horizons, new dreams, new visions. Nothing creates new days in people's lives like the Word of God preached and praising the Lord with all your heart. Also on the east side was Issachar and Zebulun. Zebulun means habitation. Issachar means understanding. People that live on praise and the Word dwell in a habitation of understanding. Hallelujah. Furthermore, when Israel moved from camp to camp, the tribe of Judah always was the vanguard. Say they they went first. Say they went first. The leader of all the tribes. Judah shall go first. Praise shall lead. Even in battles, Judah always went first, according to Judges 20 and 18. Then the Ark of the Covenant followed. That was the glory of the Lord. And Levi was third in line. The priest always followed the Ark of the Covenant. That's what God had in mind. Number one, praise would always be the lead. Number two, the glory, the Ark of the Covenant would always follow. And number three, the ministry would follow the glory. Here's the whole summation. If there is no praise, there can be no glory to follow. 
and with no glory, the ministry becomes ineffective. And I learned this as a young man. It's been the driving force of my ministry for 48 years. When praise steps up and leads and glory follows, ministry following the glory can produce. It can produce. And we have seen that in this house. Can I tell you, I love the adoration that this place pours to the Lord every time we walk in the door. We don't do stupid and crazy here, but we believe in magnifying the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Would you give him a great hand clap right now, even on this Wednesday night? What a joy. The word also says in Hosea 10 and 11 that Judah shall plow, he shall plow. Praise breaks up the fallow ground. Nothing breaks it up. So the seed from the ministry can be sown in the ground that's been broken by praise. I declared when I came to this church 28 years ago, this would be a church of praise. It would be a church of prayer and the word, preaching the gospel. Praise would lead. Music and play, praise would plow. Praise would break up the fallow ground. And the ministry would come along and plant the seed of the word. That will never change as long as I have breath to breathe and a message to declare. Aren't you glad I'm still on track tonight? Amen. That's right. That's right. Come on. Clap your hands real big. So in the, so in the 150th chapter of Psalms, it closes out the book of Psalms that David penned much of. Psalms 150 and 1 says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surprising greatness, surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of a trumpet. Praise him with a harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. And praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Y'all better be glad I don't feel good tonight. Oh, I'd be be walking right now. First of all, where is God praised? Everybody say, in the sanctuary. sanctuary. Hey, God can be praised anywhere. You can praise Him in your car. You can praise Him in your house. You can praise Him in the backyard of Terry Gilmore's in the morning. You can praise Him a lot of places. But sanctuary praise is not optional but compulsory and mandatory. If you've come in here tonight and you don't have a praise yet, you might ought to get one in your mouth and in your voice right now. Come on, praise Him in the sanctuary. That's right. Secondly, why is God praised? The second verse said, for His mighty deeds and for His surpassing greatness. Thirdly, how is God praised? Verses 3 through 5, the psalmist opens all the stops and calls for praise to be offered with the sound of all kinds of musical instruments available. With the lute and the harp and the tambourine and the strings and the organs and the cymbals and loud clashing cymbals. And the psalmist said we should praise God with the dance. Oh, hallelujah. Imagine that. And the fourth question, by whom is God praised? The sixth verse, by everything that breathes. Everything that breathes, Christian, non-Christian, backslid, not slid, forward slid, if you have breath, if you have breath, you should praise the Lord. 
The vocation of every person on the planet is to praise the Lord. Everybody say, that's my vocation. Psalms 33 says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It's fitting for the upright to praise Him. Psalm 147 says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. See, David, King David, was not allowed to build the temple that he so desired in his day. God informed him the reason. He said, David, you've had too much bloodshed. You've killed too many people. You've been to war too many times. He did, however, allow his son Solomon to build the house of God. And although David could not build a physical house, he did the best he could. He built a spiritual temple for every man who would come behind him who might be unable to build something physical in his life. So Psalms 24, I didn't put it on the screen, but listen to it. David said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. (laughs) The Lord mighty in battle. Verse 9, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory, Selah, or Selah, think about it. Essence of the verses is this, lifting up one's head is our thoughts, lifting up one's doors is our hands. You don't have to have a physical place to worship. You can stand up every morning, you get out of bed and lift up your head and lift up your hands. And say, I will bless the Lord today. I will give him praise all day long. This is how you start something in your life. The first step of all that you need from God is found in praise. It's found in praise. Now, let's talk about the domino effect of praise. Mark chapter 5. Jesus and his disciples came over to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Let me talk about the domino effect of praise. The domino effect or chain reaction is the cumulative effect produced when one event sets off a chain of similar events. And the term is best known as a mechanical effect and is used as an analogy to falling rows of dominoes. Let me say something here. I want you to see what I'm putting on the screen. Things yet unseen are set in motion when one enters into praise. I don't know how it works other than the fact that it's just the Word of God. But Judah means praise. And when praise leads in your life, Battles can be won. Victories can be accomplished. Glory can be obtained. And I promise you, there's unseen things in your future already waiting for you when you start praising the Lord. When you start praising the Lord, because praise is the first domino to fall. 
and then it kicks everything else into motion. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to say. Praise is the alpha. It's the beginning, the first of man's relationship with God. Judah means praise. The tribe of Judah was the most dominant of all the 12 tribes of Israel, closest to the gate, led them to battle. I know I'm repeating, which indicates of all that man can do, praise is predominant. God have mercy. God have mercy. Praise brings us closer to God. Praise leads us to the victory. Praise is the only interaction with God that requires no qualification. Zero. You don't, have to, you don't have to be qualified for nothing. You can make D's in school and still praise God. You can be summa cum laude and still praise God. You can have four or five degrees and still praise God. You can be a ruler of a synagogue and still worship God and he'll raise your daughter from the dead at your house. I'm telling you, God inhabits praise. He loves it. Even prayer has a qualifier. And John 9, 31 said, Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he hears. You know what? God turns on to praise. It's the start of the domino effect in anything you want from God. We have to be qualified to pray. We let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them and pray. You have, to be qual- you have to be qualified to plead the blood. You have to be qualified to heal the sick. You have to be qualified to cast out devils. That's in the book. We have to be qualified for any number of things involving the kingdom of God. The one exception is praise. Anyone and everyone is qualified. Is qualified. It doesn't matter if you had four flat tires since Sunday. It doesn't matter if you lost your job. It does not matter if things are going Horrible, like bump in the night. It does not matter. The thing you need to understand is you don't have to get to a place to worship and praise God. You don't have to have any qualifications. All you need to do is lift up your head and lift up your doors. Hallelujah. And the King of glory will come in. The King of glory will come in. Come on. We're going to have a session this month that's going to qualify the fact that the domino effect starts with praise in our own heart. I've been in so many churches, and I, I, I want to declare this. I've been in so many churches where, you know, people say, Preacher, if you preach real good, I might say amen. If you preach real good, you know, you might get a grunt out of me or a Baptist call for a Methodist nod or whatever. And we're non-denominational. We're not picking on anybody. But I, I, want, I want to say something to everybody here today. When you come into his courts with praise, come into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, something's going to happen in your life. In fact, the Bible said in Ezekiel chapter 46 and verse 9 that when you come in by the way of the south gate to worship, you'll leave by the way of the north gate. When you come by the way of the north gate to worship, you'll leave by the way of the south gate. What he's saying is, if you've got praise in your heart, if you've got a worship in your soul, if you've got a song to sing and a glory to express, you'll leave another way than what you came in. That's why church is so important every Wednesday and every Sunday because sanctuary praise and worship is absolutely fantastic. Come on, clap your hands real big. Clap your hands real big. Let everything that has breath 
Okay, I know this is stupid. This is silly. Go. They make you do it at a doctor's office. Now exhale. My doctor's sitting right over there. I love him. I was trying to wave at him all night, and he was looking right at me and didn't wave back. So I guess he just, he's blind to my waves. I love you, Doc. You're qualified. Wow. Wow. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. There are no small print disclaimers. <laughs> the tribe of Judah, praisers are always first. Psalms 100 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It's he that's made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, say his people, and the sheep of his pasture. So we're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We're going to be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generation. So who's to praise him? All your lands. Where? In the gates and in the courts. The beginning, the start, the periphery. Jesus one day made this statement. He said, I must needs go to Samaria or through Samaria. Many people wonder where really the ministry of Jesus started. And uh, I don't think it started when he turned water into wine. That was mama wanting him to do something. I don't think it started when Nicodemus came to him at night in John 3 and said, uh, we know you're a teacher come from God. I don't think it started then. I think his ministry, true ministry, started in John 4 when he said, I must needs go through Samaria. It was a need that he had in his own heart. Jesus had a need. Because the Samaritans were outcasts. They were half Jew, half Gentiles. They were always caught in the middle. They were hated by both sects. Both the Gentiles and the Jews hated them. They were right in the middle of it all. And Jesus wanted somebody in that country to know that he loved everybody. We need to let everybody know that Jesus loves everybody. Amen. And so he said, I, I, I need to go. So he goes at noon and he sits on a well at Sychar. He sits on a well and he sends 12 disciples to buy lunch for 13. You'll get that in a minute. He could have sent one and let the other 11 watch how he's going to work with this lady. But he sent 12 to buy lunch because he knew they still had judgmentalism in them. They still had something to say negative about this woman. And when they had found out she had been married five times and was living with a man that wasn't even her husband now, they would have said, Lord, God, have mercy. What are you doing sitting here? Go wash your hands and go wash your robes and cleanse yourself for 14 days. You've talked to a bad person. But he said, you boys go get lunch. And by the time they got back, by the time they got back, something glorious had happened. The woman is a serial adulteress. I thought I'd call her that serial. She has made no amends, no attempt to get her life in order. But Jesus indicates it's all right for her to worship. The indication is this is the starting point. Why? Because praise of the true God, regardless of the position or condition of the praiser, invites God into their life to empower them to overcome the adversity of life. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. I'm telling you, 
I'm talking to somebody here tonight. I don't care how low it is in your life. I don't care how bad it is in your life. God's given you permission to praise him here tonight. Don't sit there and say, no, he won't hear my praise. Yes, he will, because you've got breath, and everything that hath breath needs to praise the Lord. Say amen to that. Psalm 22 said, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Can I just tell you, when you start praising, you go up and walk and knock on his door. And he says, here I am. He inhabits the praises of his people. I didn't write the Bible, but I sure like to preach it. He finds a demonic of Gadara in Mark 5, and we've already read that text. But the transformation began with worship. Here's the domino effect. The domino effect was he came to the Lord with two to 6,000 devils in him. His name was Legion for me or many. And Legion was anything from two to 6,000 warriors. He had, a, he had that, much, that many spirits in him. But here's the domino effect. When Jesus was done with him, he was clothed. He was in his right mind. He even prayed that he could be the 13th disciple and travel with Jesus. Jesus said, go home to your friends, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And here is what he was not doing. He was no longer living in the tombs. He was no longer suffering homelessness. He was no longer bound with chains. He was no longer cutting himself. He was no longer hanging on to unclean spirits. Legion, two to 6,000 demons could not stop him from praising God. Do you want me to tell you again why you can't praise the Lord? Come on. I want everybody in this house, we're not going to make a show, we're just going to do it. Everybody in this house that feels a praise to God, I want you to say it in your own way. Lord, I love you. Come on, clap your hands and rejoice. I love you. Come on. Come on, lift him. Lift him. Lift him. It's a domino effect. That's right. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You're awesome people. And for those that are bored, I'm almost through. There are some people in the Bible named the Moabites and the Ammonites and the children of Mount Seir, the hairy ones, that attacked Judah one day when Jehoshaphat was king. And the Lord told Jehoshaphat, you know how to defeat these people? I want you to appoint some singers. I want you to get a choir. <laughs> no swords, no bows and arrows, no horses, no chariots. No, just get you some singers. I'm going to show these people something about praise. And the Bible said that they went out behind those singers. I guarantee you this from the tribe of Judah because he, he was the king of Judah. And they started saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And I bet they said, "Mm, I like that. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Can you imagine a chorus of thousands of Jewish people singing that? Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. I can't tell you how bad hell hates heavenly praise. Bible said that while they sing, the Lord prepared ambushments. 
He ambushed those Moabites and Ammonites and children of Mount Seir. He ambushed them. He jumped on them. And they went running away. And they won the battle that day, folks, because they chose the domino effect of praise. They said, we're going to tilt praise and watch what God can do. And he jumped behind the brush. He jumped behind the trees. He discomfited those people that were after him. And they went running away as hard and fast as they could. Now watch this. You've got to get this. And the Bible said in 2 Chronicles 20, On the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. Now, what you don't know is that that valley wasn't named Baraka before they called it Baraka. The Judahites renamed the valley where God gave them the victory. And they called it Baraka. And this is why it's called the Valley of Baraka to this day. They renamed the valley and they renamed it the Valley of Baraka, which means the Valley of God's blessing and praise. Whatever valley you might be in, whatever situation you might be in, why don't you just turn around to your valley and say, I got a new name for you, Baraka. I'm going to rename you. I'm going to rename you. I'm not going to come by this valley again. You're not going to get me in this valley anymore without me having a name that means the blessings of God and praise in my heart. Come on, somebody. We're going to rename the valleys that we walk through, and we're going to call them the valleys of praise and blessing. Baraka. I close. Who's helping me tonight? Who's helping me? Who's helping me tonight? David, I love you, buddy. Boy, David sung good Sunday, didn't he? He did good Sunday, buddy. Does your, does your wife know how talented you are? Do you know how pretty she is? Both of y'all need to know that, okay? All right, I love you, buddy. Hey, I love I loved Jack Buck. I lived in St. Louis for a while, and Jack Buck and I became friends. And I haven't told this story, but I met him in Cincinnati one time when the Cardinals were playing the Cincinnati Reds, and I met him in a hotel, and he asked me what I did, and I told him, I said, then I said, what do you do, sir? Oh, it got him. When you ask those kind of questions, they'll never forget you. He was the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, and now Joe Buck, who is on Fox, is his son, and Jack Buck was a voice, and and when Mark McGuire hit his record-setting home run, steroids and all, The Bash Brothers, yeah. <laughs> Here's what Jack Buck said. I love this, and I wrote it perfectly, exactly how he said it. He said, pardon me, folks, while I stand and applaud. Mark McGuire exceeded the expectations. We would have never dreamed that a baseball player could hit that many home runs in a single season he said and when you're in the presence of exceeded expectations you got to stand and you got to applaud anybody anybody ever 
felt the exceeded expectations of God in your life? Anybody? Exceeded expectations. Have I told you all lately I love you? I'm so proud to be your pastor. I'm so proud to be the pastor of this South Austin church. And I am so happy tonight because Labor Day is behind us. And Memorial Day is behind us. And the summer's behind us. Wow, what a fall we're going to have here. What a fall we're going to have. Amen. You folks have blessed me tonight. I got to be honest, I feel better now than when I started. I had one more tough day, but God, but God exceeded expectations in my life. And I'm all right. Come on. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory will come in. Would you stand, you're awesome people. Why don't you give the Lord a great hand for the word tonight that has helped us, blessed us, and touched our lives. Thank you.